young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the Wall Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. What's up, War Report family? We are back with another great edition of the War Report podcast. Actually, it's the Auburn Express, powered by the War Report. It's Thursday, as always. Joining me is my guy, Auburn Means, and my girl, my main lady, Brandy Mack. Today, we're talking quarterback, guys. We are talking quarterback battles, and we are talking Hugh Freeze's ability to develop quarterbacks. Um, I want to kick this off by mentioning something that Hugh Free said during his opening press conference, which is uh, there are two things he does well. That's developing quarterbacks and turning programs around quickly. Uh, I feel like it's fair to hold his feet to the fire uh, because he said it, right? Uh, and I want to talk about, <laughs> I don't do this often. Uh, I don't often do shows about things I say, but I wanted to get you guys' this take. Uh, here on this. Um, I tweeted out uh, that, you know, es- essentially uh, not letting Hugh Freeze off the hook for QB development. I want to see Robbie Ashford in New York at the Heisman ceremony or at the very least all SEC first team. The Plains should be QB University. Now, once upon a time, Auburn was running back university. It was a given that we would have a back that had a thousand yards. So is it unrealistic to expect that a coach that touts his ability to be able to develop quarterbacks can produce an all-SEC quarterback? What say you? I'm going to start with you, Brandy. Give me your thoughts on this. Yeah, I don't think that's unrealistic at all. I think saying that his ceiling is the Heisman is not the same as having an expectation of him being all-SEC first team. I think those are two different things. Um, I mean, that's what he's known for. And, you know, if you can't develop our QB that's, you know, been here for at least a season already and have some improvement year over year going into next year, especially with the talent um, in the trenches that was, you know, gotten out of high school recruiting and in the transfer portal that we've seen so far. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's unrealistic at all. Um, maybe, you know, not this season, but the season after, we should probably have higher expectations depending on how this season goes. But I don't think it's unrealistic to expect um, a starting QB at Auburn to be all SEC first team as long as our offensive line is developed properly. Well, it's a brand new offensive line. This is going to be a new look. They recruited nine linemen, which is a in sharp contrast to previous years where it seemed like we couldn't get just like three in a class. So, you know, Memes, jump in here on the quarterback battle, man. Tell me what you think. What are your thoughts? 
you know, you saw what we saw from Robbie Heisman, uh, uh, Robbie Heisman, Robbie Ashford. <laughs> That's what we're going to start calling him soon. Yeah, <laughs> Freudian slip there. Uh, you saw what we saw from Robbie Ashford last season. Now, this season, you know, what can fans expect? Now, I want to put this out there before you give us your thoughts. Robbie Ashford played almost all of last season with a sprained AC joint in his throwing shoulder. In addition to that, uh, during the season, he broke his index finger on his throwing hand and told nobody. Now, if you don't understand like that, I mean, that's essentially, you know, you spin it. You know, you use that thing as instrumental in spinning the football. Uh, and he didn't have that. So um, talk to us, memes. You know, what can we expect from Robbie Ashford? And is it fair to hold Hugh Freeze to what he said in his press conference about developing quarterbacks? Yeah, I mean, at this point, hold everybody to the highest standards possible. I mean, don't accept any. We're done with accepting excuses. We're done with accepting the oh, rebuilding year. We'll wait. Da, da, da. With the way that the way that college football has evolved, especially in very recent years, there's no reason that this team. I mean, I hate to use the cliche here, but do what TCU did: pop out of nowhere, be a competitor, be a dark horse. And have fun while doing it. Those are joke guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> Thank yes. you very much. So, yeah, I, I have no. Like, I just don't think that there's a reason that anybody. I mean, this is the players included. Like, there's they already just already what they brought in from the transfer portal. That's not including high school kids. That's not including additional transfer portals guys that you could get for the last little bit that they can grab them now in the spring and summer, you might have guys coming in and there's probably still be a few guys that dip out, but it's as of right now, even in this short period, since the season ended, I mean, this is a, the, the outlook of this team, this team's identity and just what we think we knew about these guys. Are just, it's a complete 180. Mm. They're not a quarterback yet. And I think everybody's going to be looking at that. And you're talking about the development side of it is wh- how will all these other pieces, the new pieces, but how will the returning pieces, quarterback be the number one, excuse me, the biggest one, play into this? And let's be honest, that's going to be the biggest. I mean, no one, no one is seeing Robbie injured, uninjured, whatever you may think happened, should have happened, et cetera, et cetera, from last season as being good enough to really get there this year. So I think everybody saw the potential, but I think also the numbers are what they are. And so then I think everybody's, as you kind of mentioned, all eyes are going to be looking at Hugh Freeze and say, okay, where's this going to lie? Is this going to be a development in Robbie? Are we going to start seeing that potential that we really thought was there? Or are we just going to see a guy who cannot really get over the hump of being a competitive SEC quarterback? Right. Now, to clarify my tweet, I didn't mean that I wanted to see him in New York next season. Uh, I believe that Robbie Ashford is two years removed from going pro. If he wins the Heisman, he's gone, right? Like, he's not staying in college. But I think he's got next year and one more year at Auburn uh, to achieve that, right? So by that second year, again, I want to see some serious development. Now, uh, with the infamous quarterback uh, that left to go to Oregon, um, I think that's what a lot of fans were looking for, for from him from year one to year two was just some improvement over what he did in year one. And it didn't seem to be there. He took a lot of flack for that. 
um, you know, looking back over it, you know, some of that, a lot of that was just lack of development from a coaching standpoint. So finally having a coach who is an offensive coach, and not only that, you know, again, a self-proclaimed QB developer, uh, I thought, you know, hey, man, in two years, we should be talking about Robbie, first team all SEC. What do you think, Brent? Yeah, I mean, look at what he did with Malik Willis and look at how much he improved from, you know, we didn't get to see him necessarily on the field very much at Auburn, but we kind of know that his style of play and knew what his potential was. Look what he did with Malik in one season, turning him into a second round draft pick. And he wasn't playing in the SEC. So, you know, the talent was a lot different. You know, Liberty's offensive line was different than what Auburn's offensive line will look like. You know, there aren't star receivers that were out on, you know, on Liberty's team when Malik was playing. And so there will be some guys who are much more talented on our offensive line and much more talented when it comes to receivers. So Robbie will have more talent around him than what Malik had at Liberty, given he will be facing tougher opponents. Um, All that to say, though, he has in the past developed quarterbacks. And I don't think that, you know, holding him to an expectation that he even said himself in his press conference and what we kind of expected from a coach like him is very far-fetched and unfair. Um, and But it does depend, you know, can Robbie stay healthy? And then, you know, what does like a whole new team look like? Because we really do have a, a yeah. brand new team coming into this season. Um, luckily, we have an easier schedule this year than we've had in years past. So I think that coupled, um, you know, leading into the season will give Robbie some, a really good chance to kind of figure out, you know, what line he's playing behind, figure out what receivers he likes best, um, before we get into SEC play. So I think that's going to be a really good, um, you know, pro for Robbie, like as we get towards the middle of the season to kind of start evaluating him. Yeah. I mean, Auburn has a lot to evaluate this spring, right? With all the new guys coming in at every position and on offense, Robbie's going to have some new guys protecting him, uh, on the offensive line. Presumably, uh, I expect some of the guys that they bring in, um, to win starting jobs, but I want to change gears here and talking about how much faith uh, Hugh Freeze may have in the guys that he has in his room. Now, there were every quarterback, it seemed like, entered the portal. Everybody was like, are we going after this guy? We need a quarterback. We need a quarterback. Auburn doesn't seem to be reaching for a quarterback in the portal right now. Um, These guys are going elsewhere. They don't seem desperate for a quarterback. You know, Memes, how much does that say about how confident Hugh Freeze is in the guys that he has in his quarterback room right now? I think it's a lot of I think it's a lot of 4D chess here. I personally would rather see them go after linemen, go after linebackers, get some solid depth on the defensive line, get some get some guys in the trenches and get some skill position guys and not worry about quarterback too much because right now let's be honest, there has not been a just absolute game changer lights out quarterback enter the portal. There has not been as I mentioned when we talked about this a few weeks ago, there has not been a Caleb Williams-esque player in the portal. So why waste the effort of going after somebody as a depth piece right now at quarterback when there are so many other dire, more important positions of need that at the end of the day will impact what this team's going to do next season than what currently is in the portal right now at quarterback? I think that's a smart use of time and effort and energy. Mm-hmm. And that's that seems to be what's happening now. I mean, we we can only see what what the results are and what the actions are. And it is as we're recording this, it is late January seventeenth. And if you had told me or you told anybody else 
the day that Hugh Freeze got hired, that I wouldn't say me, but I think if you told a lot of these other folks out there that by this date, they would not have picked up a single quarterback in the portal. And I guess Calzado would have been the only one that left. I don't think anybody would believe that. So here we are. Uh, we got we to gotta trust that there's a plan here, but I think they got to have some level of confidence in that room, or maybe they just have a very, very lackluster impression of the guys that have been in the portal right now. Maybe it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, real quick before I, I let Brandy jump in, because I want to throw this to Brandy. Uh, at Hugh Freeze's introductory press conference, there was one player there. And it was Robbie Ashford. You know, now we I know personally on a personal level, he wanted this higher. This was a guy that he wanted to play under. Um, you know, uh, what does that say? It seems like a match made in heaven, does it not? And, you know, did Q Freeze come into the job thinking, I've already got QB1, I just need to mold him and develop him while he's healthy. Uh, and, you know, if we find another guy, we find another guy, but um, you know, we're gonna roll with we're gonna roll with him, and he fits the mold of the prototypical Hugh Freeze quarterback. So, you know, what what do you think he was thinking there when he took the job? Yeah, I think he was thinking, well, we need a lot of work on all fronts. Um, but I think he saw I think he has seen potential in some guys because if not, I think there would have been, you know, a larger mass exodus into the transfer portal away from Auburn. So I think he evaluated the roster very much so in depth before he was hired. Um, And he kind of knew, okay, my priority is not quarterback because we have some guys on the roster who we can develop and guys that I can work with. Um, I did want to go back to what Memes mentioned. I'm glad Memes brought up um, Caleb Williams. And I want to preface this before I say what I'm about to say. I'm in no way comparing pre-USC Caleb Williams to year one Robbie Ashford. But it's very important to keep in mind that USC was a four-win team the year before Lincoln Riley was there this year. And he took them from four wins to nine wins and produced a Heisman-winning quarterback. It's okay to have expectations on this team when we've seen a complete roster rebuild, which is exactly what Lincoln Riley did at USC, given he brought his quarterback with him. Well, Hugh Freeze didn't really have a quarterback to bring with him, which is okay. Um, All that to say... However, development can very much so happen in year one under a a new head coach, and it should at a program like Auburn. Yeah, I think it's a really good point, right? Um, Caleb Williams showed flashes of being, you know, a great quarterback in year one at Oklahoma. But let's be clear, as he was mediocre throwing the ball that year, you know, most of the plays he made were with his feet. And, uh, you know, I would say, you know, the talent was there and it was obvious. You know, Oklahoma has been quarterback you for a while. So their quarterbacks kind of get the benefit of the doubt. I don't know if they're getting the benefit of the doubt anymore under Venables. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he, he went out to USC and he he turned him into a Heisman winner. It wasn't even close. Like when they did the vote, I was like, Caleb Williams is going to win this. Now, um, let's be clear. Caleb Williams is Lincoln Riley's like what? Like third or fourth? Heisman winner. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like you're talking about a guy who has produced a lot of Heisman winners at that <sighs> position. Um, I'm going to put an asterisk by Caleb's Heisman only because he did it in the pack where they don't play any pass defense. But 
Um, I mean, listen, every every quarterback in the pack, Brandy, looked prolific last year. You know, yeah. the kid up at the kid up at Washington, uh, I think his name is Michael Penix. You know, I mean, Bo had his best year by a by five hundred miles, right? Like it was just, you know, the kid at UCLA. I mean, it, all those guys looked great. Um, so everybody can't be good. In the SEC, I think the better quarterbacks really stand out because it's better defense. You know, yeah, and I mean, it's and you, you saw that on the field too, given it was the first game of the season for both of these guys. But you saw that when Cam Rising played Florida and when Bo played Georgia in the first week of the season for both of those teams. I mean, you saw how different they, they played when they played a, a style of defense that wasn't happening in their conference. So, mm-hmm. who was okay? Let's do a little trivia here. Who was the last SEC QB to win the Heisman? It was Bryce Young. He didn't win it. Did he? Oh, he did. He did yeah, win he it. He did. won it Not first this year. year, but he won it last year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he won it last year, right? Um, right. If, if you look at before him, there, I think there's a huge gap. Johnny, Johnny Menzel. Yeah. Like 2012. Mm-hmm. 2012. Yeah, and there's been guys invited since then, but not one. But not won it, right? Um, right. I think because it would have been Smith and then I believe Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Joe Burrow. Oh, 2019. How could we figure, how could we forget yeah. about Joey B? Just kidding. Just, I don't know how we omit, forgot about him. Omit this segment. Okay. SEC so, owns SEC owns the Heisman. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> but let's 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 let me say this, right? Like, I mean, again, between Joey B, I mean, you're still talking about seven years between Manziel and Joey B. My point is about um SEC quarterbacks that win the Heisman. Is, is that they have truly prolific seasons. These are all-time great seasons against some of the best defenses in college football, right? So when Cam won it, you know, a lot of people forget he led the SEC in rushing that year as a quarterback. That's crazy, right? When Joey B won it, 60 touchdown passes, nuts. You know, Bryce Young had a great season. It wasn't as prolific as, you know, Cam and Joey B, but uh, he had a great season. And he did it in the SEC West. So um, I say that to say this, kind of bringing it full circle about what Hugh Freeze can do with Robbie Ashford, right? Um, let's be clear. If he if he becomes, if he even makes it to New York, he, he had one of the best seasons ever. Because when SEC QBs make it to New York, I want to say they win it, right? Uh, that's in this year, but then again, the Heisman made a new rule where you have to have four people invited. I don't think he would have been invited. Yeah, true. Been, been yeah. Um, implemented recently. I, I don't know that his season counts as prolific, though. Right? Like you, you know, usually see. So you usually it was. I don't think it was, but you usually do see an SEC QB at New York, but you only see them win it when you know they go above and beyond kind of some of the other QBs in the nation. So we saw Tua get invited. Um, and a, there's been a couple other quarterbacks in the past in the SEC too have been invited, but not one in recent yeah. history. I think Mac Jones got invited, did he not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Mac Jones got invited. He was in New York. Uh, I think him and Devontae both got invited. Yeah, the guy he was throwing to won it. <laughs> so that's, he obviously had a pretty good season. When Mac Jones got invited, that's when I knew the sanctity of this trophy was just done. Oh, don't look, listen. Memes is a hater. He's a Bama hater. Guys, uh, anything we say about Bama, he's going to say something negative. Uh, but I thought he had, you know, between Tua, um, Jalen, and Mac, I thought Mac had one of the best, the best season out of all of them. Now, 
again, asterisk, his offensive line was prolific that year. He had all day. He, it was something like an 80% protection rate where he no was just standing the up stadium, there. stadium, 2020 COVID year. It was, it was made up. <laughs> it was, it, here, here's how I'll describe 2020 to those that don't okay, believe I'm a 2020 right. truther. It was, okay. a, it was an entire football season of like preseason NFL games. You know, there's those teams that'll they'll win all the preseason games. Like, oh, we're the uh-huh. shit. And they go and they like, you know, win 30% of the regular season games. Like that's all 2020 was. So congratulations, fake national championship, fake season. Nothing counted from that year. Yeah, and we're going to leave it at that. Okay, all right. Listen, I feel that. Um, the only I thing do, that counted I, was Seth Williams, Moss, and people that season. That all counted. Okay, the rest of it didn't right. count. Well, I'll tell you this, right? Um, when it comes to whether Robbie Ashford can have that type of season, right, under Hugh Freeze, I do want to be clear. I mean, it's a hard thing to do in the SEC. It is. And only the best of the best are making it. So do fans believe that he can be the best of the best? Does Hugh Freeze believe he can be the best of the best? I think the answer from Hugh's perspective is yes. Now, I think it depends on his supporting cast. That's my take. For it always, but doesn't it always though? <laughs> it does. Yeah. And that's my point. <laughs> right. Like, if doesn't he doesn't always... have the supporting cast in the receiving court, it's pretty hard. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, listen. I, I think the receiving uh, core, they even bringing in more like that's the least of my concerns on the offensive side. Yeah. I think they got too. the weapons. I mean, they got the weapons out there. No one thinks they do because Brian Harson just had an entire like arsenal and had no clue what to do with it, which is like absurdly like you had one of the deepest, most well rounded wide receiver rooms Auburn's had. Quite possibly in all time, don't even begin to try to debate why that's a hot take. Go look at the roster throughout the years. And just the depth. It was just, I was craving depth in wide receiver room like that. And they just could do nothing with it. So therefore, everybody was, they weren't even good at No, it was just they were playing with horrible system with even worse play calling. So what are you supposed to do in that situation? And the players knew it. The fans knew it. Everybody knew it. And yet some people still like do not get like, there's there's a lot, a lot, a lot left in that wide receiver room once they can, hopefully, Hugh Freeze can really tap into that potential. Be looking out for the be looking out for the guys catching the ball. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I, I want to say right I totally agree with that on the wide receiver part because who are like two of Hugh's probably most well-known receivers that he's developed on the co- collegiate level and they're in the NFL now. AJ Brown. And DK Metcalf, right? Uh, 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 hey, don't you disrespect Evan Ingram now. Now, okay, he's not a receiver. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's not a receiver, but he's out there catching balls uh, uh, like like a man. Dawson, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't think he ever caught a touchdown pass for Ole Miss, but he's been lighting it up for the Bills. Dawson Knox, tight end. He mm-hmm. played at Ole Miss. I don't know if he was under Hughes' time or not, but he definitely played at Ole Miss. Was Latrell Sprewell before or after Hugh? You talk about Tre- Treadwell? Uh, that, that's yeah, that's, pretty well as a, as a basketball player. Yeah, Trevor Hill. Yeah, he was here. He was here too much in the NFL, but he's we got lot. hurt. He might be on he got, hurt. Yeah, Chris Frost yeah. messed him up pretty bad, but I mean, he was a stud. He was a stud receiver under Hugh Freeze when he was there too. So I mean, he's got the track record of making making some guys really shine, especially the guys that catch the ball and the well, guys that throw the ball. Well, means his. Leading receiver averages about 864 yards a year. That's very why I said 864. Very specific number. That's <laughs> a very specific. We averaged it out. 
That is that would be prolific at Auburn, would it not? I mean, the we last... haven't had a good receiver in a long time. I mean, remember when everybody was crying when Kobe Hudson left with his like five hundred something yards and like, <laughs> oh, what are we, what are we gonna do? We're never gonna replace these numbers. I'm like five. That's probably like Hugh Freeze's fourth leading receiver, right? <laughs> hey, we're RBU. What can we say? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I'll tell you this. Well, they were, uh, pat, but you gotta remember that year they were passing like. They're having Bo Nix pass the ball like 44 times a game. That was what was even worse is it wasn't just like, oh, you know, we're, we're passing the ball like 18 times. Like, no, they'd be 30s and 40s, and they're still not getting over somebody over 600 yards. Like, that was how bad like, – you talk about just being down bad from a coaching standpoint. Like, that – there we are. Yeah, but then everybody's mad at me when I'm just like, hey, guys, maybe Bo can play better. Mike, Mike Trout, <laughs> right? So, I mean, we're looking at this and we're thinking, you know, the last receiver that Auburn had that even came close to a thousand yards, I think, was Darvin Adams. In he that, was at like nine nine seven, yeah, he and had like just one more little pass. He'd hit the, yeah. I mean, playing those extra games definitely helped him when you get to the SEC championship and you get to the national championship game. Um, but he had over two hundred yards receiving in that. G- in that SEC championship versus South Carolina, right? Halftime, that just completely unnecessary, like halftime touchdown Hail Mary. Yeah. So like incredible. Well, (laughs) you know, again, coming back to Robbie Ashford, you know, for those guys to have big seasons, Robbie has to have a big season. Right. Uh, Now, I want to talk about areas of improvement for him, and we're we're focusing on him because as far as I'm concerned, it's his job to lose right now. Mm -hmm. Auburn has not brought in a quarterback through the portal. Um, and they're getting close to the deadline. I think it's Thursday, the 19th. If you have not transferred in by Thursday, you're not going through the spring. Yeah, when, is it, when does it open back up? Like in May. Post- May. Okay. So it's, yeah, after spring ball, after you guys spring have ball. to go to May. Yeah. Right. So, and then at that point, an extreme, extreme, extreme disadvantage for anybody that would come in. But memes, I want to say if you're transferring within conference now, if you come into from the portal in May, you got to sit out. You can't play. Now, I could be wrong on that, but the SEC has been tinkering with this rule. Now, now we know in year one, TJ Finley came in after spring ball and was eligible. But the SEC is saying, you know, hey, you need to make a decision about where you're going to play ball early. Right, um, yeah, I think I think it's better for the sport because I mean it can really mess up a lot of teams when you got a guy and they go through spring and they're out and I mean th- there's got to be a point to where the the transfer portal cannot just be this wild wild west of right. just going out there and we can't oh it's good for the players because I mean there really just comes a point to where when it, when it really becomes college free agency is when it's just gonna just the guess what's the word I'm looking for here just like the what was a, what was the essence that was college football in its own thing just becomes like kind of a miniature watered down NFL 2.0 is just it's not going to be it's not going to have the joy and the fun and the just the romanticized idea of what it, the sport is and could be and was if it gets too out of control and that's something I think they've really got to tamper down with right so. Right. So again, assuming that, you know, anybody who comes in after spring, you know, if I'm not correct about that, forgive me, but like, you know, it is Robbie's job to lose as the incumbent that played most of last season. I think he has to have a really terrible spring and take no steps forward to lose the job, uh, given how dangerous he is with his legs. 
But I want to close this segment talking about what's realistic. Uh, well, not what's realistic. Let's let's play a game called next season is a success for Robbie Ashford if. I want you guys to give me completion percentage, touchdown to interception ratio, and yards. Yards thrown. Brandy, go. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, this was on the spot. No pressure. No yeah. Pressure. <laughs> this, was not, this was not rehearsed, listeners. <laughs> yeah, not rehearsed at all. Completion percentage, he needs to have at least, um, I'm going to go 70 to 75%. Oh, my God. That's pretty high, isn't it? Um, pretty high. Yeah. No, no, yeah. yeah. Hey, that's high. That's high. Those are highs with numbers. So I'm all with it. Let's go. Okay, actually, I don't know his completion percentage numbers from this past. It was like fifty percent. Look it, it up. Was, I'm I'm looking it up. It's like fifty percent. Like yeah, it was yeah, like low fifties. Instead of, of putting oh, an exact 49%. number there, I actually want to put like a percentage increase. If he like improves, I would say thirty percent. Not like. Plus thirty percent, but like thirty percent improvement off of what his percentage was from last year. I would consider that a success. Okay, I mean, Brandy's making us do math here. <laughs> uh, so his completion percentage was so around that, that would put him at sixty. That put him at sixty-five percent. Okay, sixty-five so is is decent. Very realistic. That yeah. would be around a thirty percent improvement. Um, yards thrown. Oh God, that's so hard because Auburn like truly has never had you know a. a massive passer at quarterback with putting up tons and tons of yards um i'm gonna go low here and say like i'd be happy with like anywhere i guess would i'm trying to think is 2500 to 3000 is that like i think that's kind of a fair number right so uh, for reference here in cam's heisman season at auburn he threw for 2854 yards now, yeah, mind I, you, he ran for fourteen hundred yards. You know, right. which put him plus four thousand total yards on the season. But Jesus. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'd be happy with anywhere from twenty five hundred to three thousand from Robbie. Okay. Um, yeah, and then the other one you said was what touchdown to interception ratio. Yep. Oh God. Um, okay. I don't, I'm scared to know what it was last year. For it was one to one, yeah. seven and seven. Yeah. So oh, like, really? Okay. Hmm. Okay. Actually, so Robbie didn't throw a lot of picks, and honestly, the picks he did throw were never really bad. Those on him, it was either kind of like a hail mary deep ball. There was that one that was to the LSU on the yeah, drive, where the guy made just a really good play on the ball. Like Robbie did not throw. I cannot think of just any just horrifically there, egregious. There, yeah, play. there were a couple that were just like. It, they weren't bad throws. He just didn't see the defender there, right? Yeah, and like, then even I remember some of them were like third down, and it was basically just like, okay, well, that, that was a punt anyway. Like, if it was incomplete, we got the ball probably where we would have punted it anyway. And I remember a few yeah. of them. Like, it wasn't like a game – not as LSU one, obviously, but that was because the guy made a play. But Robbie was not really throwing a lot of just egregious – I do think the one, one or two of those were just a, a straight Hail Mary type pick – which unfortunately shows up on the stat sheet, but otherwise it wouldn't have been a throw you make. So Robbie was not really a, like, not trying to beat him while they're down, but for a minute there, what TJ was doing where it was just like, God, do you threw one touchdown and four interceptions against your cupcakes? Right, right. Okay, Brandy, touchdown interception radio. I'd be happy if it's like two and a half to one or three to one, but that's, I still feel like that's kind of high for, for him. So I, Two to one, two and a half to one around that. I'd be, I think that that'd be fine. 
Okay. Memes. All right. So. Completion percentage. I'm going to be, honestly, I'm be happy that completion percentage is around 60%. Like, just okay. a hair above 60. Like, 60, 61, 62 range. Uh, I think any higher than that, uh, I want to stay realistic. But I would like to see that with, uh, Robbie's got some bombs up there. So, I want to see some pretty high yards out of that. So, I think passing yards, we see something 26, 2700 plus. Because I think if he gets his arm healthy, we're going to start seeing those deep balls come back. So we hope there's room on the intermittent passes, some of those little short touch passes, hopefully the injury recoveries. That will help that. But we know when he's healthy, Robbie's got a cannon for an arm, and he likes to air it out there. We have not seen just a quarterback air the ball out just consistently in a long time. That was one part of Bo's game that just never really hit. I mean, yeah. just remember those shorts, those shorts balls were always just – they never got that touchdown, which stinks because you had the – just fastest guy in the you know, fastest guy in the, the football who's playing wide receiver and you can't hit him deep every single time. So that was always a little frustrating. But yeah, that number, the percentage might be a little bit low, but I think that's going to be more on some of those his, down, his downfield per, his downfield uh, completion percentage was phenomenal last year. Yeah, he's very, very, very even hurt rate is still really high. Uh, I would love him to keep his interceptions the same. I would love to say I'd love to keep us right around seven interceptions. Uh, I would like to see the touchdowns be probably around, give me 21 of those. Okay. Uh, and maybe, you know, maybe even a hair less just because I think they're really going to pound it in on the ground. That's three to one. That's a three to one ratio that you're yeah, talking about. I, I still think I, th- I, I would be happy. I think the 20 mark plus or minus maybe three TDs. I want to see the interception mark single digits, keep them under 10. And I think that would be, uh, Deep ball percentage. I want to see a long touchdown pass too. I want to see a, I want to see multiple sixty plus yard TD passes out of Robbie. So that's my uh, is a successful year. I think it's right there. But I think the biggest cap for him having a successful year, not as much the numbers. I think it's the dubs. If he has wait, bad, wait, 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 wait. did you give us the yards? How many yards? I said twenty eight, twenty eight hundred. Okay, okay, twenty eight. Yeah, I said I said he's got a lot of yards just because we're going to see a lot of deep balls out of. Him. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, you're going to have it. It's going to be one of those games you look at, like, Robbie's got 130 yards on three passes. <laughs> like, one of right. those kind of games. All right. All right. Listen, I like those numbers. I think those numbers are realistic. Um, for me, uh, you know, I'm not going to take long to say this. I think in mid-60s, anywhere in the mid-60s, it's a successful season for him. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, he needs to improve on the short to intermediate passes, definitely. Uh, so if he can improve there, you'll see a big jump in his completion percentage. Now, I don't think that he has to throw for a ton of yards to have a successful season because I expect him to do a lot with his legs as well. He's too talented of an athlete not to, right? Um, now, he's, you know, I, I don't like comparing anybody to Cam Newton because he was such a freak of nature, right, physically. But Robbie is fast, and when he gets loose, he's hard to catch in the open field. So we saw spurts of that 40, 50 yard runs when he got loose at times last season. So I, I expect his total yardage to include some yards on the ground. Um, I think anywhere around 22 to 2,500 yards this season would be a successful season for him and, and a huge improvement from year one to year two. Uh, and as far as touchdown uh, to uh, interception ratios, I'm with the memes. I, I like to see around 21 touchdowns a three to one ratio, so no more than seven interceptions. Keep it in single digits, right? Protect the football, 
And, you know, hopefully what we see with this coaching staff coming in is um, better play calling in the red zone leads to more production, you know, in that regard. So you will naturally see yards, touchdowns, you know, and completion percentage go up because they're just calling better plays and guys are open. Right. Uh, I think that that is, is something that will help because there's a lot that goes into completion percentage. Right. There's a ton that goes into completion percentage. So, uh, you know, when a quarterback is constantly getting hit, you know, if he's constantly having to throw a ton to catch up because we're behind, right, um, you're going to have some incompletions. Guys are going to drop balls. You know, it's it's going to happen. So hopefully in this scheme with a, br- a new look offense, a new look offensive line and possibly uh, a, go- a receiver room that is good. I think it's good, but has not had a chance to showcase their talents because of the deficiencies at Auburn overall on offense. You know, uh, I think that they will shine next year, given Hugh Freeze's talents and what he said. So, uh, again, we're not letting Hugh Freeze off the hook. It sounds like memes, Brandy, you guys aren't letting Hugh Freeze off the hook, right? No. 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 <laughs> At the same time. Wow, I love that. Yeah, so... Uh, we're not letting you off the hook for not listening to the Auburn Express at the War Report either. So uh, we'll be back with you guys next Thursday talking Auburn football, maybe a little basketball, depending on what's happening. I want to thank Brandy Mack and Auburn Meese for joining me. As always, guys, we're signing off for you. War Eagle, everybody. Yeah.